ಜೀಕೆಗೆ You know what? Never even mind a buck. We lose, we lose a few games. We've gone on a losing streak, and now the team is in shambles, apparently. And, you know, fire up all the armchair GMs, and let's propose a deal for anybody, range from DeMarcus Cousins to Yusuf Nurkic to any big man that can apparently fix any issue we have. And Millsap is apparently, you know, not that great either anymore. So on to Ibaka, who would actually be a good fit. But if you're the Magic, why would they just, you know, part ways with them right away? The thing that drives me nuts recently is that, you know, I know they're losing, but... <laughs> put yourself in the other team's shoes for a second if you're them why would you make that deal nobody ever considers that they just think well you know what the raptors need it so we're gonna make it happen whoa, whoa, whoa. it's not you're how it works what do you what what's the trade deal that you're talking about you haven't really described it there's actually I, man i know you've been wrong like go on reddit real gm forums all the most ridiculous places twitter and there's so many different deals to sort through right now like sure the magic need wing help but would you really do terrence ross and a first round pick for serge Ibaka if you're them I get the salaries are pretty even, and they, it could work, but would you do that if you were them? Nah, man, because, you know, Mario Hazonia is supposed to be the way of the future for them, and they're, for some reason, trying to uh, get Aaron Gordon at the three to work. But uh, I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense for them, really, but, you know, we're Raptors fans. Raptors fans. So I, to, well, <laughs> hold on. I feel like that's pretty logical. Like, that's pretty, you know, self-explanatory. But apparently it's not. Because, like, I get the Magic don't know what they're doing right now. You can see that. But, god damn, man. Just to assume that they're just going to take on Terrence Ross in a first-round pick for Abaka, who they gave up a boatload to get. Like, why? I don't know. The, the team has been making, like, logical steps, you know, so far. Like, trading pretty much everybody that was on that squad, like Tobias Harris. I don't know. This is just It just seems like people are willing to think that, you know, they're manipulative, able to manipulate that team. Yeah, and I, I get that they don't want to give up on Alfred Payton, you know. I mean, sure, he, maybe he's not like a bona fide starting point guard, but he's still so young they can at least figure it out. So there's there's issues there, obviously. But if you're the Raptors... You think Alfred Payton's good? I think he's okay. But I think he's still so young that you have to decide and see what you have with him, right? You can't just write him off. I don't know, man. He's, he's one of those players that seem like, you know, he's an island player. You know, you have Waiters Island. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> destined to be like a second unit guy, but... You gotta find out. I, yeah, I guess so. I don't know with that hair. <laughs> with that hair, I don't know if I can. Uh, hey, if I can. He's kind of like uh, he's kind of like Corey Joseph. He's just destined to be a second unit guy. <laughs> that dude has fallen off a cliff. Tell me what's happening with Corey Joseph, man. He just seems. I, I don't. Like he... Man, I was gonna ask you because I have no idea. I'm looking at all the stats, uh, watching tape over and over, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Maybe he's been asked to take on more of an offensive role, and that's what's kind of hindering him, I guess. But I don't know. It looks At this like, point, I don't know. Right now, it just looks... He just looks worse. You know, like, he's just doing all the same things. Just worse. Like, his defending isn't as good. His ability to get to the basket isn't as good. His three-point shooting is... Uh, I wouldn't say non-existent, but it's it's worse than it was last year, so... I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him, man. And there isn't really any sort of trade rumors, like, surrounding him. So there's no reasons for him to be, like, down, you know, or, like, thinking thinking about things in the back of his head it's just this is not working and there's definitely offensive answers on the team even right now with even with demar Derozan uh not on the squad like norm powell is still there you know he's still contributing to the team same with terrace ross so i don't know maybe <laughs> i don't know man he hasn't said anything there's no like broken finger like uh demari carroll it's just 
This is worse right now. See, I kind of have like a little bit of a theory with Kojo where it's like maybe because he's playing more of the two. Well, I don't know. They play like a hybrid one-two when they do Lowry in the reserves. Right. And he's just struggling to take on those more athletic wing-style players now as opposed to before where he's taking on your traditional point guard. Mm-hmm. And that's like an ultimate reach at straws to try and figure out what's wrong with him because his his defensive real plus minus is among the bottom six in the NBA, among guards. Did you just like, say bottom six? Dude, he's one of the worst six guards in the NBA right now for DRPM. Wow. Isaiah Thomas is obviously the worst, but, I mean, we also saw what he did to the Raptors and what he's been doing all season. I mean, he is Mr. Fourth Quarter at this point. He's been scorching everybody. So you can get away with that kind of stuff when you're him. But when you're Corey Joseph, I mean, dude, it's not so much the offense with him anymore. It's more so that they need him to play defense again, and he's not. And I think DeLon Wright is going to come back and take his minutes or at least cut into them substantially. Do you think DeLon Wright's taking his minutes, or you think when everything is right and DeMar DeRozan is back and everybody's back from injury – you think Norman Powell is going to be uh, carving into those to those precious Kojo minutes? I mean, because so I think. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying I think he should for sure. Norman Powell should for sure. I mean, we've seen what every game that he started without DeRozan, he's been pretty damn good. So they got to find a role for him, especially because he's man. How many guys off the bench aside from Terrence Ross can create their own offense? Not many. Yeah, it's just you know Corey Joseph was supposed to be one of those guys, but this year he's proving that he's not really capable of doing that so it's just Terrence Ross Norman Powell that's it and why I think DeLon Wright's going to take some of Corey Joseph's minutes if not a good chunk of them is for one reason the Raptors keep getting crushed on the perimeter in any high screen and roll situation that's gonna that's just that's kind of like their Achilles heel and I kind of worry that they're like the team that got swept by um the Wizards I think it was the 08 09 10 team I think it was I got swept by the Wizards I have to look that up but mm-hmm. they couldn't defend the high prick and roll or anything like that and when the threes weren't falling they would just get right out of the gym and this team is kind of like that right now where they're the same flaws but the long right six six long arms very athletic he can kind of help with that kind of stuff where he can play those imagine him and Norman Powell switching on the top there or yeah, like that's exactly hedging guys or like the high wall they're eliminating passing lanes they're doing things that the raptors aren't doing well right now they have the ability to do that yeah his switchability at 6-6 six, six is great he's he also is you know he's not frail he's got a pretty like a uh, wide body so he should be good to switch on to like even smaller wings i think yeah you'll be able to uh contribute like a really good defensive uh kind of like an identity to the defense that the Raptors don't have right now just like him being able to switch him and Norman Powell being able to switch will give them like more flexibility and what's finally, up with that by the way though like the, you nailed it on the head when you said they don't have a defensive identity and Dwayne Casey's known for that and usually you take over the personality of your coach and they've been talking about it a lot you know saying how they want to communicate they want to do things but they're not doing any of it what's up with that man it's just there's um in a lot of inconsistencies like sometimes they know sometimes they'll make switches even in like in the Boston game sometimes uh they'll make switches perfectly you know um do, like Lowry will be stuck on like Yurebko and like JV is like guarding uh Isaiah Thomas but like the the Celtics will mishandle the ball and they'll switch you know they'll see you'll see them like doing that the pointing thing and you'll see like uh, Lowry jump out but then there's like at like the end of the game where you see like uh, Isaiah Thomas got a wide open three because they have like three people crowded at the top of the key and Patrick Patterson is somehow defending the corner and like the 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 arc like the top of the arc at the same time like he has to defend two people it's just they're just not able to the communication is just not there like the in tune communication that you see with you know teams like the Jazz or the Grizzlies or something like that or the Warriors, you know, you're just not seeing it. Even the Sixers recently, 
when Embiid's in the lineup, the number two defensive rated unit in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, like you need to have nuts. like they don't have a player that is like telling people where to go. That's what those teams have. Like, they have like Draymond Green for the Warriors. The Clippers have DeAndre Jordan. You know, Rudy Gobert is telling everybody where to go, right? And then on, on Marcus Saul, Marcus Saul, LeBron. Like, there's always a person that tells everybody you're supposed to be getting that person. You got that person, right? Make sure you uh, double this person. You'll see them like you hear DeAndre Jordan yelling, "Ice, ice!" Or you like, or even like the Wolves. They have you know, <laughs> they have Thibodeau, you know, to yell out uh, "ice" for for defensive assignments. It's just nobody on the Raptors is is known for that. Nobody has stepped up to do that. So they consider. So they're just uh, continuing to like be hampered on defense and just like leaking points. That's a really good point because Kyle Lowry is that guy, but he can't see what's behind him. Where last year, Bismarck Biombo obviously was the guy for all that. And I know I, we, we always come back to this and harp on it about, you know, they miss Biz, but they really do miss a player like that. Like you're saying, they can communicate. Why can't JV or uh, Bebe develop into that role? Do you think they're just incapable? Or Bebe is, is there something too worried there? about like, covering his own assignment to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> to even worry about um, having to to tell other people where to go but seriously that's like his an issue of his and you know that's uh you know he's only been playing in the nba for a little bit like he's been relegated to the 905 for the majority of his career so you can't expect him to be like a defensive dynamo <laughs> this year and jv he's just never been that dude he's just been super sluggish to begin with i don't think he's paying much attention on the defensive end where he's like he's aloof to, yeah he's just not i don't think he's breaking down like other teams defenses or, sorry, other teams' offenses trying to figure out what they're doing all the time. He's trying to be concerned with what he's doing on offense, you know. Who is he supposed to be doing dribble handoffs for? If this is, is this the time for me to, like, hit my uh, defender in the post and go for my hooks or whatever? Or, according to Isaiah Thomas, he's focused about off the court, you know, telling them that they're in a race for second and their Raptors <laughs> are in a race for first. I don't yeah, know if you heard Isaiah Thomas cite that after the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so. You know, when you say things like that at the beginning of the season, it comes back to haunt you, and especially when another team, you know, the the, the Celtics have been, like, watching the Raptors basically since the beginning of the season where Jay Crowder is making those comments and then Amari Carroll shoots back. Those are things that just sneak up behind you later in the season. I think we even talked about this last podcast where we're, we're you know, saying that the Celtics and the and the Raptors could have, like, this small niggling, like, a, a defiance between the two teams, like, we think that it's going to heat up, and it will continue to heat up every consecutive game, and it's starting to do that. So when you say, you know, we're, we're, we're racing for first and they're racing for second, you know, the, the Celtics are like, okay, you're, yeah, yeah, you're racing for first, watch out. The two teams are very similar in playing style and even personnel to a certain extent, so that's why I find it even more comical. Yeah, I wonder how, like, the Isaiah, the Isaiah Thomas and Kyle Lowry matchup, is it look better and better every game? I have a feeling that's going to get uh, even more heated in the playoffs. And this is going to be a playoff matchup. Like They're probably going to finish 2-3, and then we're going to see them in the second round. It's going to be a, it's going to be a battle. This is going to be the playoff matchup of the Eastern Conference. Like, in my opinion, this will be one of the best series in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's, um, you know, they're kind of different. The cities are kind of nearby each other, you know, Toronto and, uh, and Boston, but the the difference in the crowds and the fan bases are very, <laughs> they're vast. So you're going to see, when you're going to Boston. It's Boston. 
<laughs> yeah, when you go to Boston, it's just like the crowd is going to be like, they're always this way where they're just really raw shit, raucous, and like they seem to not hate the other team, but. They feel like they have a stick up their ass all the time. Like they have a problem with everybody. That's just the Boston attitude, you know. <laughs> like they feel yeah. like they're like second fiddle to New York City. You know, they're not big enough. But what we love our athletes too much. You know, we're a sports town. But yeah, then they get criticized for being too in love with their athletes. You know. Yeah, exactly. They have that weird inferiority con- uh, complex going on. But if, you know, if the Raptors play them, it's gonna be it's gonna be heated, man. And especially in Boston, the crowd is gonna be like into it all every single game. They're gonna be into it. And then when they come back to Toronto, this, there's going to be like those people are going to bring up those uh, comments that happened earlier in the season. And now that they've happened again in this season, they're getting it brought up. I'm looking forward to it. You know, The hype machine will be unreal <laughs> around that series. And, and then, you know what's kind of sad, too, is that no matter how well, well, if let's say Kyle Lowry plays bad. Due to things like recency bias, people are going to be like, well, now do you give him a max deal? Is he worth it now? I mean, Isaiah Thomas, you know. That's that kind of talk will come up no matter what. If he cooks them, then yeah, they'll say max them. But it's just going to be so funny how that that one series is going to shape the lexicon of the way we view like a Kyle Lowry or this Raptors team for that matter. But I feel I kind of feel like that's fair for the max. Yeah, if, like if, if, if it's for the max contract, I still want them to resign him. But if it's coming down to max contract and he's shown for multiple years in a row now that he cannot um, be effective in the playoffs then you really have to take that into account when you're offering him a contract, especially when he's on the other side of 30. Like That's a that's a big deal. Well, I think he's getting a max deal no matter what, just based on the market. Maybe he'll take the Kyle or the uh, DeMar DeRozan deal, you know, 95% of the max, 90%. But I think he's still getting somewhere close to it. Would, would that not be fair to say, based on everything? Everything so far, plus the culture, helping him move the him helping the culture move forward. Toronto's actually like a legit team now. People like the Raptors. The Raptors are a force in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, he's worth it, man. He's worth it. And this is probably just like a stepping stone, uh, a couple of players for the Raptors. You know, the the team is relatively young, born in the 90s. The Raptors are a 90s kid. And uh, 90s are dangerous, (laughs) says the weekend. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, yeah, so just... Just having these two, you know, very good players on the squad and having, you know, an identity behind it and the We the North thing, it's it's worth it to sign them. But if it's coming down to max contracts and we can't make the playoffs, you know, it's you got to weigh your long-term benefits against the short-term benefits. Now you just, you have, like, uh, there's so many questions I want to ask now. Mm-hmm. Where to start? Where to start? Okay, how do you make this team better in the right now? Obviously, there's a long-term outlook that we just kind of alluded to, but in the right now, how do you make them better? Or can you? You're trying to finagle that trade for Ibaka or Paul Millsap, and the Hawks are not making that trade for Paul Millsap now because they're – if you look at the standings, the, the Hawks they're are – They're right one, there. Yeah, they're one game behind the Raptors. Right, and the Wizards are half a game behind, so that trade's not happening. So you got to, you know, you got call to uh, call up Orlando. See what they're they're looking for for Ibaka, and then you gotta really, really like look at the team and see if if it's worth it to make the trade. First of all, if it's worth it to make the trade, and then second of all, is like, um, can I afford to move these pieces, and will we get better? So it's an the Ibaka trade, basically. There's nobody else unless you're thinking about Wilson Chandler. I love Wilson Chandler, but I don't think Denver's gonna want to part ways with him. 
No, they've been. He's recently. I think it was Sam Amick that reported that he wanted out of Denver. I know he wants out of Denver, today. but if you're Denver, you're what? You're tied for eighth seed, I think, in the West. Or they're a game back. They're really mm-hmm. close. Playoff revenues, it's big. Yeah, but it's they're huge. just gonna get shellacked by the Warriors. Like they're gonna have two games at home and then just like get turned into dust. Is that worth it, really? <laughs> well, I'm not disagreeing, but you look at a team like the Kings. We know they're not close, but they want that playoff game because revenue and to show off a new arena, and you know I think it's important to show they're going the right direction. But we we all know it's a mirage for the Kings. It's a big deal because they haven't been in the playoffs since like the Chris Webber Kings, right? For the Nuggets, they've been in the playoffs. What was it? 2012, 2013. Yeah, that, it was recent with that Iguodala like collection of like really really good players, but nobody was great, and we all played like team basketball and we play fast team. Well, I mean, if you look at their starting five, too, since Jokic has been going off recently, um, they're actually the second most efficient offense in the NBA recently with Jokic going off, mm-hmm. and they're only behind the Warriors, so. Yeah, so. I, eh. That's something good, too. Yeah, so, but Wilson Chandler still wants that trade, you know, and he's still, you know, he's an effective piece for that team. I think he was, like, averaging around 15, 16 points, and he's, the last time he started for Part of the reason why he wants out of Denver is because the last time he started for them was in early January. I think it was like the 12th against the Pacers. And he scored like 22 points and like five rebounds, five assists, and like two steals. And he hasn't started since that game. (laughs) So here's my issue. Do we not have a Wilson Chandler type player and his name is Norman Powell? Yeah, but Wilson Chandler is 6'9". That's seriously the the main difference is that Wilson Chandler is 6'9". If Norman Powell was 6'9", we wouldn't even be having a conversation right now. In fact, Norman Powell would probably be starting the starting small forward on this squad, and the Raptors. Yeah, probably. that's a fact, <laughs> right? So it's just like that. The height difference is the only thing that's preventing Norman Powell from being the small forward. So you got to look elsewhere. There's no in-house. The, the Raptors have been trying to look in-house to solve their problems for like the two forward position. It's not happening forever since Chris Bosh left. Yeah, exactly. Since Chris Bosh left, and like Patrick Patterson is like he was a throw-in in that Kings trade. Right. And now he's one of our featured pieces. <laughs> right. So it's not like they were act ever actively like looking outside of the Raptors organization for a power forward. It just so happened. Okay, here's another theory I've been kicking around then. I've been thinking about this one is everybody's talking about how the Raptors need to upgrade at center, power forward, you know, somewhere in the front court to make themselves like actually have a reliable big man they can use. But why not just load up on skilled wing guys that can actually switch, defend the perimeter? Um, we know the league is going more perimeter based because the reason why I say this is you look at Boston, they, they're not very strong inside. You look at Cleveland, are you really scared of Kevin Love inside? No. You know Tristan Thompson is going to be a beast down low, but you can kind of gang rebound against them. So I'm looking at the landscape of the East here, and I'm thinking, you know, all these perimeter players, why not load up and try and defend against them? Okay, I understand where you're getting, where you're going with that. Um, this is a viable idea, especially when you're playing against like the Wizards. <laughs> where their their best big man is uh, Gortat and Yamihimi is injured, so um, Marquise Morris is like he's up there, but he he fits that swing category in my opinion. Yeah, he's like a three four, and Patrick Patterson is definitely more than capable. Of, like I would trust Patrick Patterson. Oh yeah, defending <laughs> right. So um, yeah, this, it's viable. I, I don't know if it's viable against the West, where you have like actual teams with big, especially like the Warriors and Spurs, where they have legit. I mean, the Warriors technically. If you want to count Durant as a big man, because he does play like that power forward center position in the lineup of death, but um, 
The yeah. Warriors are killing us no matter who we get. Yeah, the Warriors <laughs> and then, like the Spurs cuz the Spurs actually play two bigs this year. And uh I think even the Rockets and the Clippers, the Jazz. If it's, if you're playing in the West, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> you basically can't, but since we're playing in the East, I th- you know, it makes sense. I understand where you're going with it. That's the only thing I'm trying to wonder is it's so hard to acquire a big man right now, right? Especially a guy that you can actually plug and play right away. There's only two names, and we keep talking about them. Millsap, Abaka. That's it. If somebody wants to point somebody else out, be my guest. Don't even waste my time with DeMarcus Cousins. Don't even waste my time. <laughs> no, seriously. Wait, yeah, this is not 2K. This is not fancy basketball. It's not happening. Then I might as well say Marcus All because you know, he'd be a perfect fit for us too, but it's not happening. <laughs> That's the thing is I'm looking at the market and teams that are out of it and what's available on them, and it's wing players. That's true, man. Well, you're going to have to rely on Damari Carroll uh, playing up a position if you're going to do that wing player thing. And since he hurt his finger, I don't know if you can really... Like, his three-point shooting is, like, suffer- his sh- shooting in general. His play, oh, bad. His play in general, his entirety of his play is suffering by this uh, finger injury. It's bad. <laughs> so, right, right now it's bad. There's so no other way around it. So you're going to have to rely on him to be the power forward in in a lot of a lot of the time instead of him being subbed out. So you got to be comfortable with that. Are you comfortable with that? I, personally, I am because it's better than having a combination of Sullinger, Bebe, or Bebe, JV. Just When you have any combination of those three on the floor right now, they get killed. They just get killed. And they're not producing enough offensively where you can be okay with it, You know where you say, you know what, fine. They get two, we're going to go down, we're just going to keep outscoring them. They're not doing that. So you can't keep deploying the same lineup here where you know they're going to get ripped. Like, all the credit in the world, Jared Soldier, for going down the 905, you know, playing in the D League. Um, but, dude, you got to get in shape more. And if you're going to be that big, like he's just a husky dude, you got to mm-hmm. own the glass. And he's not doing that. So until he decides to play like that, the Raptors have to make a decision where are they going to commit the small ball or are they going to continuously get beat like this? Right. Where do you see his career going from where it is right now? I don't know. It's weird because he's one of the nicest guys too. He was – so funny side story. <laughs> one of my buddies that works at Square One, he was uh, in the whole Renfrew walking around on his break and Jared Sullinger was in there. And Jared Sullinger, he's like, oh, what are you doing here? Don't you live like downtown? And he's like, oh, no, I'm going to play for the 905. So immediately he texts me saying, you know, Jared Sullinger says he's going to play for the 905. It's what the hell's going on? I'm like, just just relax. (laughs) It's definitely a conditioning thing. You know, I'm like, they can't send him down. He has to agree to go. So just wait and see Mm -hmm. if it happens. So he's telling me all that. And he said how Jared Sullinger took pictures with all these fans, talking with everybody. Just the nicest guy. So that's why I kind of feel guilty shitting on him at times. But, you know, that side of of square one is also like barren. Like, nobody ever shows up there. So <laughs> he must have stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he's like, I know it's this really tall black guy. And I assumed he was an NBA player because there's never any tall black guys over there. I just started laughing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I just, he, he hasn't been able to lose the weight. He's in the 905 now. And the Raptors have struggled whenever, basically whenever he's on the court, the Raptors have struggled, so. No team was giving him a chance other than the Raptors, and he isn't even getting paid a substantial amount. So I can't really, I can't conjure an image where he's on a team contributing to a team right now. Is is he doesn't shoot the three? His defense is not there. Well, he does shoot the three. He just doesn't shoot it well. He doesn't shoot it well. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrific. He's like basically what Jalen Rose would call it, like a stretch mark for. Basically, yeah, and for the love of God, please! I know we said this last podcast too. Stop shooting that goddamn three from the, the top of the arc. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> just, <it laughs> the four-year sample size is below twenty-five percent. Stop it. Yeah, it doesn't go in. 
And yeah, I can't think of does he is he a center or is he a power forward right now? Like that's hard to define and it's 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 bad if your position is hard to define in the NBA. The only so way is, think, the only way it's good is like if you do so many multiple things that is hard to define your role like LeBron, right? But if you don't do enough things well enough that I can't figure out where to play you on the court, that's bad. Spot on. I think he needs to undergo like kind of a career transformation where if he was smart in my opinion, he would go look at somebody like let's let's just use Tristan Thompson. Obviously their bodies aren't similar, mm-hmm. but if he could kind of realize that there is a spot for him in the NBA where the whole transition towards small ball and perimeter play, you know, there's still room for a big man out there. You just got to be athletic. You got to be agile. You got to be able to dominate the glass. You don't need to be as offensively driven anymore. You just got to be able to, to literally dominate the glass and be able to pass the ball out to the perimeter guys. If he could kind of implement that more into his game, I think he could actually carve out a role. Yeah, but then the the difference between him and Tristan Thompson is Tristan Thompson can make that switch out onto the perimeter if he needs to. Right, like he's doing all that rebound and stuff, which is great. He's not really a good rim protector, but he has that switchability for the perimeter that you know Jason Jared Solinger just simply does not have. Like his physical attributes do not <laughs> allow for that. So, well, I think if he lost the weight, yeah, that, that, that's might, his that entire, might help. That's his thing, you know. That's his entire thing. If he lost the weight, he would be able to do all these things, but he has not been able to lose the weight. You know, I, I hate bringing this point up too, but it feels like the whole Anthony Bennett thing where you got to start wondering if you don't want to lose the weight, how serious are you about basketball? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's true. You you made millions of dollars, successful uh, Celtic player for a little bit. Is there and, like if you think about it in like just like a layman's terms, like if I made millions of dollars, right? I was like successful, pop, like famous person for a little bit. Now I'm not, but I got millions of dollars. Live in Toronto. Sounds like the good. You know, sounds like the good life, right? I mean, if you're a basketball, if you're about like Larry Sanders, basically is the same thing. Like Larry Sanders was like uh, a promising big, lived in Mil- Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not necessarily Toronto, but made millions of dollars. You know, famous person, and then he was just like, I'm done. You you actually stole literally what I was going to say next because I was going to get to Larry Sanders when I was humming and hawing questions. I was going to say if Larry Sanders wasn't such a quitter and he quit because he flat out quit. I don't care what anybody says, you know, getting busted for weed and then quitting because you have other interests and all that stuff. And now all of a sudden you want to make a comeback. That's fine. Bad oh. side about it. He's a perfect fit for the Raptors. <laughs> I mean, he is That's making the bad side. He is making a comeback, though. Yeah. So and he is a perfect fit for the Raptors. If you're the Raptors, that's a, like a serious, a serious look you need to be taking. But then it breaks their whole character issue, right? Where they they said they put a value on signing guys of high character. Is Larry Sanders high character? Yeah, but his like his issue is just like, you know, four twenty is like every day for him, <laughs> right? But yeah. two two years from now, four twenty might not even four twenty might be a, like a national holiday in Canada if <laughs> if Prime Minister Trudeau has his way. So I don't really know if that's a big deal. I don't think it is. I think the fact that he was willing to just walk away from basketball is a big deal. You got to question the guy's attitude with that, how much he loves the game. All those certain questions that you shouldn't have to ask a professional athlete, you got to ask now. That is, that's, a, that's true. That's a true concept. I'm, I don't know, man. If he says he's serious about coming back, he, the only way that you can uh, really test his word is by playing him and seeing if he actually does it. Do you want to take he that? Would, you want to take that risk as Toronto? I would say yes. If you want, to try I would say beat, yes too. If you want to beat Cleveland, I'd be like, yeah, I got to do this. I mean, he would be. 
if if he can play defense and catch lobs, he's like this. I would play him as the starting uh, center on this team. Like JV would be getting moved to the bench. Like I think if you're the Raptors, you'd probably be saying that to him. Like you have an opportunity to be a starting center on a, a playoff team to maybe beat Cleveland by coming here. Immediately an impact contributor. Immediately. And wouldn't that not be a bad thing, though, if JV can move to the second unit? I feel like because they don't really have an established rotation of the bigs up front, mm-hmm. it would help. Like, Larry Sanders would help a lot more than we're, we're giving him credit for. Yeah, exactly. So you'd have him as the starting center, right? He just All he does is basically become DeAndre Jordan. I don't know how many teams are going to be offering him a starting role as soon as he comes back. And I think that would be, like, a r- huge draw as the Raptors. It's like, we need you. Nobody else is going to give you an opportunity like this. And the pay, the, they're probably not going to be able to pay him as much as he wants. But then, then again, he is just coming back from like a two-year hiatus. So how much can you really expect to get paid in your way it's too back? too bad. You quit. Like You quit. Yeah. You, you can't demand pay anymore. You have no leverage. Right? So if I'm a Sayujiri, and I wish I was because I could be making uh, basketball decisions, uh I'd be like, you know, <laughs> I'd be making a call to this agent, man. Like, this would be like a really huge get, and this is how you become like a really good team. Is like, you somebody's like on the waiver wire, and you pick them up, or somebody like some team doesn't value one of their players, and you're like, I think I have a spot for him on this team, and that's how you become a better team. Especially you have to do those weird things when you don't have as much space anymore, and when Kyle Lowry signs that contract, they're not gonna have any space at all. It's a scary thought. It's actually a scary thought. And like, if you're Larry Sanders, though, how interested are you in coming to Toronto? I get the whole starting role thing, but aside from that, are you overly interested in coming here? It's not that cold. It's not that cold. And no, nah, that's a myth. <laughs> but there is like a you know weird stigma about Toronto in general, especially when like that All Star game where it was like actually minus fifteen in Toronto. People were like, "Why are we even here right now?" Like, that sucks, but if you can, Drake, Drake being the ambassador, even though he never shows up to games anymore, helps, and the fact that the team is good helps, but there will still forever be this weird, like, yeah, it's in Canada, I don't really know anybody that lives there, I'm away from my family, like... It's obscure. Yeah, exactly. So that can be, that can be an issue for any player, like, has any big free agent ever signed to the Raptors? No, even though the well, team is so good. There's one. There's one. Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know it's it's ugly. It's so ugly because it was an absolute albatross. But that was big at the time. Yeah, at the time, but you know. it didn't turn out well. But it was big. <laughs> just just rewind back to when we were children. Yeah. And that was a big deal. But now the team, like, it's a smarter, like, it's a new era. It's a smarter team. Like, just fans in general are smarter about the sport. So, you know, Akeem Olajuwon, like, you know, 30-year-old Akeem Olajuwon, who's, like, really, I don't even know if he was in the twilight. He was, like, the the moon has already set on his career. He was just, like, collecting money, basically, in Toronto. I don't just, I just don't think that's a... He did us dirty. Yeah, it's just, but there's never been, like, a serious marquee free agent. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge almost, quotation marks, almost signed in Toronto, but how... You know how can how much can you really trust that? I don't know. I don't know. If you're Larry Sanders, where's more appealing, here or Boston? Because Boston's one of the teams that he reportedly visited. 
Yeah, I like, you know, if I'm being honest. I think Boston. It's and prob- I hate it, saying that it, because, you know, no, we're, I don't we're think supposed so. to be pro Toronto here. I think it's more of a 50-50. But, it, again, if he has that weird stigma about Canada, then it would be Boston. You see what, see what I'm talking about? Like, with the stigma? <laughs> yeah. Like, if he, if he knows about Toronto, he'd be like, yo, Toronto's a sick city. I'm going to go to Toronto. But if he's, like... You know, he's just like, oh, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to live in a different country, right? Then it's going to be Boston. Unfortunately. <laughs> all right. Scrap that idea. Here's one. <laughs> this, is, this is for all my message boards. All the, all the people on the message boards, Reddit, everything, all the fans out there with this one. Just sign Delonte West. Just get in LeBron's head permanently. Oh. Just <laughs> bring him on as the 15th man on the bench. Let him talk shit. Yeah, all he or does Lance is, Stevenson, let him blow in his ear. Yeah, know? all he does is sit on the bench. I've seen this stuff out there. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst part is people like suggest this. Or they'll suggest the Cavs to do it. They're just like the Cavs should just go, you know, screw it. Sign Larry Sanders, Josh Smith, Stevenson, Delaney West, you know. Load up on the guys like this and just try them all out. Like there's been a lot of crazy stuff right now. Because the problem was is you got the, the Cavs and the Raptors are on full tilt where they can't figure out why they're losing and they keep losing. So the fan base is going nuts. So we're getting all this ridiculous shit out there. I'm, it's hard not. Hard, it's hard to avoid it, man. When the Raptors are, what are they? They've lost six of their last eight, or something like like something close to that, right? They they've only won like two games in the past like two weeks, right? So when that happens, people get confused. They get scared, and uh, they want answers, right? And Larry Sanders seems like a, a plausible answer. Ibaka seems like a plausible answer. You know, it's hard not to panic. Where are you on the panic meter right now for for the Raptors? Scale of one to ten? Yeah, no, zero to ten. Zero to ten. Zero to ten. Give me a zero. Be like, yeah, I'm not panicked at all. Uh, about a six. At a six. Five six. So five six. That is mod- that's pretty low. I know. So I know some fans that are on like a fourteen. Wait. It- <laughs> like within the the morass of the of the. Of the fan base being at like a five is like this is a pretty low, pretty low number. I want to see this this team at full strength. That's how come why. you're only at a five? I'm so I'm legitimately surprised at this five. Explain to well, me your five. Okay, what are you at first? Then I'll explain. I'm at like a seven right now. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm I like, was not expecting you to be like that high. I thought you'd be like kind of like a five six moderately. I'm at two. like a seven because I'm confused. I'm confused in a. Here's the the, re- the main reason why um, I'm at like a seven is because the difference between the second seed and like the si- the fifth seed is two games, right? So if you you're basically back into this um, weird like last year the second seed was like a five game difference or even more where you know the Raptors can afford to lose a few games and then some things would happen below them in the East and the East was worse last year and. Um, yeah, you could just afford to lose a few games, and you're like, we're still in the second seed. We'll pick up a few games against like Orlando or or the 76ers or something like that. This year, that's not like they had that cushion, and then they kind of like squandered it, and now they're on this like this weird. It's not a losing streak, but it's a like a weird uh, sequence of losing games to like weird teams, and um, there's just no there's no cushion at all. So you can. You go on like a three-game losing a losing streak, and you're fifth in the Eastern Conference, and you're looking at having to play Cleveland in the second round. So the seeding is what worries you. Yeah. What about like the actual makeup of the team? 
the makeup of the team, and I think they can beat. Uh, I think they can beat pretty much anybody except for Cleveland in the East. So it's not like that big of a deal for the makeup. But the seat, the seating is pretty much what they're depending on right now. Because if you, you just don't want to play Cle- you don't don't want to play Cleveland earlier than you have to. And if they end up playing him in the second round, people are going to be looking at this team like, like uh, what happened? You know, <laughs> like we didn't we only lost one player and we regressed to the second round and the team is like it looks like it's significantly worse. So it could be an issue. People will be calling for heads, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you live in Tor- the thing is like Toronto has like this uh, culture, like they're New York. I have a feeling it's sort of, uh, it stems from the, the Leafs, where, like, the Leafs are, you know, they're amazing, and then they suck, and they've continued to suck for a while now, until they've gotten better this year. But there was, like, this culture was, like, you know, if, and it's just been uh, alleviated the past couple 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 years, where every game, it was, like, fire Casey, fire or trade DeMar DeRozan, why is Terrence Ross even on this team? JV is just JV is just not a, a, a viable player, so we're just we're just a couple of years uh, away from that, and a weird a weird like fifth seed and like struggle to seven games in the first round, then get like knocked out in like four games in the second round, and people will be like, "What is going on with this team right now? Is it Casey?" They never look at the players first; they always look at the coach first. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've done this yet. But after the last game, after the last, the, you know, last night's loss to the Celtics, I put on Sports Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. I listen to fans call in about the post game show and give their analysis. I use that lightly. And there's a whole bunch of fire Casey, trade Damari Carroll, trade Valanciunas, and even to go as far as blow it up. Yeah. The panic mode is in for a lot of fans. Right. And they're the third seed. So imagine in the fifth seed what people are thinking about, about the Raptors. And that's only two. That's <laughs> and that's literally two. If the Raptors lose two games, the Wizards, the Wizards, and the Hawks win two games, and then the Raptors are in the fifth seed. I just want you to. I want whoever's listening to this to just like recognize that reality. <laughs> I recognize that, but I just I believe in this roster construction. To be quite honest, okay, I they feel play. like they, they still have enough pieces in place where they can compete. Like what you were saying earlier. And I think I'm not worried about any team in the East except the Cavs. That's the only team. Boston's going to be a seven-game series no matter which way we look at it. I'm cool with that. I can live with that. But I just feel like this team has enough pieces in place to be competitive. I'm not saying they can win because they can't with this roster, but they can be competitive. I still feel like they have to make a move. For Cleveland, yeah. But if they just want to be like a Eastern Conference finals or second-round team, then I think they could probably stay pat i don't know i gotta watch we gotta watch boston and see see how well they mesh together in the next couple of weeks versus Dude, the Raptors. boston's not done i can guarantee you they're gunning hard for that jimmy butler trade they want anybody and they have the they got that treasure trove to do it with man oh we're gonna talk about this stuff in a second i know this is gonna push the podcast longer but we gotta talk about the Cavs and the bulls after this <laughs> <laughs> We have to. It's been it's been <laughs> irking me all week. Um, with the Raptors, though, too, like why I'm not panicked, aside from roster construction, is that we haven't really seen this team healthy yet. DeLon Wright is going to make a big difference. Sullinger getting back into shape. 
potentially could make a big difference. No, it won't, Obviously, man. It never will. You don't think so? You don't it think so? It never will, man. I've been so – I've been down on the Cylinder signing since, since the signing, him. right? Yeah. I just don't understand what he's, his role is on the team, right? And anytime he's on the floor, the team plays worse. And the only thing that he can do is lose the weight, and he hasn't proven to me or any anybody because that's how he ended up on the Raptors that he is willing to put in the effort to lose the weight. If he ain't gonna lose the weight, then he's gotta throw in some Robert, Robert Tractor Trailer film or some Danielle Marshall film and just play like those guys. Yeah, or like Big Baby Davis or something like that, man. Yeah, something like that. Like you can carve out a role. Although Big Baby Davis has a pretty sweet feet, I gotta give him that. Yeah, but, exactly. <sighs> he had great foot feet work, man. The feet work, man. Okay, even if Sullinger doesn't come back and play well, ah, you still get ripped by one five pick and rolls all day. Mm-hmm. John Wall, Markeith Morris, Isaiah Thomas, and Al Horford, LeBron, Channing Frye, or LeBron, Kevin Love. Yeah, no, that's a real issue. Right, but then you. Okay, get... I'm at a hard six. Hard six panic. Hard six. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you'll get back Delon. Right, he'll come back. Demar Derozan will come back. So. Th- there's potential to stay second. If they're the second or third seed, it doesn't really matter. Like playing the Bulls or playing the Bulls or the Pacers. I mean, I guess the Rap- the Raptors may be scared of the Bulls just because they're scared of the Bulls. But if we lose to the Bulls, <laughs> holy hell, do we have issues? If they lose to the Bulls, then that's a serious problem, and then somebody might get fired or uh, traded. I don't but... give a rip about the Chicago curse or you know how we can't beat the Bulls. No, that's, like, throw that's, it out the window. We no, 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 that's that's totally a thing for them. That's totally a thing for the fan base. That is a thing. I don't know if it's a thing for the team, but for the fan base, there's the specter of the Bulls. Regardless, number twenty three flies back from Charlotte to suit up for them. I'm not worried. Yo, number three, where's number 21 on that squad? What are you talking about? No, number 23. <laughs> yeah, no, but, like, J- Jimmy Butler basically is, like... He, yeah, I know he scorches us. <laughs> yeah, so I think people are just scared about that. But playing... The the difference between the Pacers and the Bulls realistically isn't that big uh, big of a difference. So you would probably get some flashbacks of uh, Paul George and DeMar DeRozan where he's, oh, shooting, where he's shooting, like, 40% from the floor. But the Raptors are a better squad, so it's not that anomaly. It's not that big of a difference. Second round, they're going to be playing against the same team, so second or third doesn't matter. But if they drop to that fourth, fifth, that's going to suck because they're going to have to play um, the Wizards, and John Wall is going to kill the Raptors. And if they play against the Hawks, and you know it's going to be easy, an easier matchup, but then they're going to have to play Cleveland in the second round. Yeah, I'm okay playing the Hawks uh, if Kyle Lowry will destroy Schroeder. Love Schroeder on offense. Horrific defender. Horrific. Yeah, don't t- don't don't tell him that though, man. He, he has supreme confidence, so he thinks he's good. He thinks he's good at everything he does. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Still not a top ten point guard. <laughs> and I got to stretch for top fifteen because the way Eric Bledsoe's been playing, he's like those kind of guys are surpassing him now. Where before he can make an argument. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> It's t- uh, it's it's Thursday. I'm recording this podcast on Thursday, and uh, Charles Barkley and LeBron James have been in a feud, man. Tell me about the feud. How do you feel about the feud so far? What do you think about like Charles Barkley calling out LeBron? Well, should we just take like a TMZ approach here? Whose team are you on? Are you on Team LeBron or Team Charles? LeBron, mostly because I understand where he's coming from. Where he's talking about like we we constantly need more on our team because they're going to be playing the Warriors. If everything 
if everything goes to plan, then they're playing the Warriors in the finals. And uh, backup point guard is a, a big deal for them, and they need—they literally have nobody as backup point guard on their squad right now. Like LeBron is, LeBron is backup point guard, LeBron is backup center, and he's starting uh, small forward, and he's backup power forward on that team. Okay, <laughs> so no other team in the league has spent as much money as the Cavs. Mm-hmm. They've tried to do everything that LeBron's wanted. They LeBron is trying to be the GM uh, there. Think about it. Get the hell out of here. They, 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 see, realistically, they they shouldn't re-sign him because the amount of money he's getting paid by the uh, Bucks is unreasonable to get re-signed for on the Cavs, but that was their backup point guard. And Dude, they're waiting for the Bulls to buy out Rondo, and if that happens, him on the Cavs would be mint. Oh, my God. If they sign Rondo, the Cavs, like their locker room is going to implode. Like, pretty much any team that uh, Rondo's been a part of, the locker room comes, yeah. implodes every time. That's the dark side of success, though, right? When you're desperate like this? What do you think is really bothering LeBron, though, right now? Because there's so many things I could say about this, but I, I want to know what you think is really bothering him right now. I have. It's probably a combination of two things. Or three things. We're on this inexplicable losing streak where I... They'll loop. The Cavs have only gone on like losing streaks or spells like this when LeBron was like on his vacation, right? Whenever he's not playing, that's when they'll lose. But this year, he's playing in every single game and he's playing so many minutes and he's doing pretty much everything and they're still losing. So he's like, what the hell is going on? Right? And then they lost Matthew Delvadova and didn't uh, fill that pack up, that backup point guard role. So that's like a legit problem. Well, they got and, 14 guys, right? You know, he says that every time, too. Right. And then uh, Charles Barkley's just been on his ass since LeBron has been in the league. So he's just like, man, get the fuck off me. <laughs> like, stop stop talking about me. Just stop. That's what I feel like is happening right now. So it's just a culmination of so many things that have just exploded. It's like when you're in a really crappy relationship where, like, everybody, like, all these, like, small things keep getting to you and getting to you. And then, like, you know, one day you know she one day like your your toothbrush is like in in the toothbrush station upside down and you're just like i can't do this anymore <laughs> i think there's another issue too that people aren't talking about are not talking about enough mm-hmm. it's kevin durant kevin durant and the warriors and not so much the idea of durant playing for the warriors but how he was able to play for the warriors so when all of this cba negotiations went down whether they want to admit this or not lebron james and all his super friends are have a heavy influence in the CBA negotiations from the players' union. Mm-hmm. They had an option to either let the cap smooth out or explode. The owners, everybody else, you know, they all suggested that we should smooth this out. Right. Players wanted to explode. Right. And by doing that, things like this could happen. And I think LeBron just misread the market, and it's killing them now because the Warriors, because they drafted all those guys, you know, <laughs> the Draymond Greens, the Steph Currys, the Clay Thompsons, they drafted all those guys, so they're able to go add another superstar because those players are on cheap deals. Right. Whereas Especially LeBron isn't Steph able Curry. to because they're spending all the time. So I think that's bothering him too that he kind of misread the market a bit in that sense because whether anybody wants to admit this or not, LeBron is extremely calculated with everything he says and does and acts. Like, Look at the Charles Barkley rant, for example. How many times do you think he rehearsed that in front of the mirror? Two? Three? <laughs> like, Dude, that stuff was not off the top of the head. That was all – researched and calculated yeah he even said like print that at the end of his at the end of the statement so you know like he actually it wasn't maybe he's not rehearsing in the mirror but it's definitely is like i'm gonna say this and this and i'm gonna say this and this and i want you i like print that like 
legit print that. I want to see that. I want to see this in print. It's stewed for a few days. Yeah, but um, for the the Warriors thing, like the CBA, the entire players the players have a union, right? Like CP3 is like I think he's the president of that. I'm pretty sure he's the president of that union. Which and, is one of LeBron's best friends. Right. So if the but there's you know every player has like some sort of input into that union. So LeBron could be like, nah, we should we should smooth that, and everybody's like, hell nah, man, I want money, I want all my money and all this, so, like, they're gonna have the ability to overrule him. Even CP3 would want the cap to boom, because he's getting his, his contract is uh, up this season, right, so. I don't know, it's just interesting, it was something outside the box that I was thinking about that, you know, I could see definitely pissing LeBron off. There's a lot of things right now that are gonna upset him, but I think that's one that people aren't talking about. I think that I think the ability for Kevin Durant to go to the Warriors upset literally twenty nine teams and every other player that is not on the Warriors. Like I think it pissed LeBron <laughs> off the most though, because look at last year, everything he overcame, you know, winning the title with Cleveland, you know, it's it's past the one for the land cliche now. Mm-hmm. Now they got to put a few more together. Like if he only wins one in Cleveland, is it a success? His return home? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you think so? I think winning this one, that one in Cleveland, especially beating the Warriors that won seventy three games, that's like worth two, may, two maybe even three championships. Because that okay. is like that's like a story type thing, you know. It's like yo, remember that one year LeBron just carried the Cavs to the championship, right? And maybe not because Kyrie Irving hit that shot, but like remember that one year LeBron went back to Cleveland, promised that he was going to win that championship for Cleveland, then they won he that championship. It. Yeah, and he did it, beating the 73-9 and nine Warriors with Steph Curry on that squad. With the block. Right, and he had that chase down block. Like, that's a, like a like a story, like a story worthy of, like, probably, that's probably going to be in a book. I, I'd probably put that in a book. I don't like, know, I was just curious about that. Because, you know, Dan Gilbert is definitely, look, that guy has an ego the size of Kingdom Come. Like, think about it. He's a guy that makes money, a living, actually, off of taking people's houses. And preying right. on their properties. Like, he's mm. an asshole. So you don't think he doesn't have an ego? Like, look when LeBron left the first time, telling him, we're going to win one before LeBron wins one, all that stuff. Right. You know there's definitely some tension there. There's no way that relationship is 100% smooth. Especially with LeBron taking shots at him, saying we got to, you know, basically say spend more, not be so cheap, mm-hmm. to only carry 14, 14 players. Because most teams that only carry 14 rosters, like this is something Jalen Rose was saying too on ESPN Radio, is that most teams that only carry 14 players, they're cheap. The owner's cheap. I don't think the Cavs are cheap. They would spend a lot of money. LeBron, I think LeBron would think that maybe he's not cheap, but um, he's not doing everything he can to be to make this team better. Like for example, think about like there's a 14th spot open on on the roster. Matthew Delvadova could have been could have been re-signed. They could have like maybe you know convinced him with some you know will you sign with us? We'll take care of you when you get. Get uh, older later on in your career. Um, but LeBron is, like, putting everything he can out on the floor, right? And he's f- the way he feels is, like, we have an extra roster spot and we're not actively always looking for a point guard or, or a center or something to come in and help us. And we're, you know, th- this empty roster spot, like, not there's not even, like, a, like a, a chemistry dude there. It's just empty. I'm doing everything. You guys aren't doing anything. Like, he perceives you guys are just, like, waiting. You know, you guys are was- resting on your lo- laurels because we won the championship. Nobody's really making an effort to repeat or anything like that. So, for him, he's just like, I'm doing everything out here. And these guys are just, 
you know, sitting in their ivory tower doing nothing at all. Which I can understand too, because you got to They go against a team like the Mavs. Yogi Ferrell on a ten-day contract lit them up. Oh my god, dude, that <laughs> loss hurts so bad. Like that, that loss must be like terrible for morale because the Mavs are terrible. Yogi Ferrell is uh, not exactly a star player in the NBA. <laughs> you know, to put it kindly. Yeah, to put it kindly, like he's not a star player in the NBA. So that must be like the morale hit must just must have been catastrophic. And uh yeah man, LeBron is I just I feel LeBron's pain. I understand LeBron's pain. I'm on LeBron's side. Uh I'm not so quick to jump on his side to be honest. Like just cuz he's gotten everything he's wanted in Cleveland, man. Like he didn't like the coach, they fired him. Mm-hmm. He wanted his guy in, they brought him in. Right, right, right. They wanted the Patriots and Thompson, they Patriots and Thompson. Right, right. They wanted him to trade Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love, even though Andrew Wiggins would have made more sense to keep long term. They did it. Right, right. Like everything LeBron has wanted, they've done. Yeah, and tell me what he delivered to the to the land. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay, got the one it, title. Yeah, but that's what you're trying to do, man. Like Cleveland hasn't they hadn't won a championship in any sport for years decades right so well they're, they're god's coaster you know when he puts his drink down he puts it down on cleveland that's right so you're head. just we're trying to win right we have lebron you know any team would kill for a lebron right and cleveland has just the gracious the graces of him being born in cleveland right <laughs> right that's yeah. the only reason why he even returned to that team because he was born there right so if i gotta make demands because I'm putting in every, like, I'm putting in X, Y, Z, Alpha, Omega. I'm putting in, like, literally everything I have that is possible for, to come from my body. You need to, too. I need you to do that, too. You have to do that. Because You don't think the Cavs are? I mean, they've done everything he's won and spent every last penny they could. He doesn't I, think so. I, I kind of agree with Charles Barkley's LeBron, you know, he, like, obviously questioning how much an athlete wants to compete is a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he comes off, like, you know... He just wants things a bit easier because he's worked so hard. Man, the Warriors have Kevin Durant on the team with Steph Curry. Come on now. I know. I'm not disagreeing, but that's like the whole <laughs> reason why I think too that it bothers him so much. It's yeah, kind of like it all the like criticism. Yeah, one. Yeah. It's ah, it's a touchy subject with LeBron. Man, everybody comes down on LeBron like LeBron is. LeBron is like basically dude. The, he's the whiniest bitch too, though. He cries about everything. He's all the, the avid. He's the avatar for like what a modern NBA player should be like right now. Like, he makes his own decisions based on him. What's the best decision for me? I'm going to go play in Miami with three of my, with two of my other people, two of my friends, that's fine, two other people that happen to be top ten talents or top five talents in the NBA at the time. I'm going to go into one team. We're going to squad up. We're going to get, you know, pretty much, like, bare bones around us, and we're just going to shine like stars and win back-to-back championships. When the when the uh, management isn't able to put uh, everything that I need around me, I'm leaving the team. I'm going to go to a better situation for me, right? I'm going to a different team where we're going to win another championship there. That's pretty much exactly what Kevin Durant just did. I'm not, I don't have a problem with what KD did. I don't right. have a problem with what he did at all. Right, but then people still continue to come down on LeBron. Like, LeBron just, like, you know, like, crucified Christ again. Like, what, what just happened? <laughs> right? Like, I think it's because he whined so much. That's why. I, I don't you know, see. I don't see. You the don't problem. think he could have had that conversation publicly with Dan Gilbert? Just went into ownership and management and everybody and just said, "Listen, what the hell is going on here? Why can't we spend a little bit? I need some more efforts, more equipment from you guys. I feel like we're doing it." He goes to the media for what? Maybe setting up as an excuse. I know people have suggested that hand over fist, but 
You know, I mean, there is some some plausible reason behind it. If they fall short, this is why. That's I try true. to tell you guys mid season. <laughs> that's true. That's true, and it, I I do think it's gonna like. There's like a supply and demand issue with him making uh, comments like this because now it's like, oh, you need a backup point guard. Well, you know, it's gonna cost you uh, three picks instead of one. You know, and you're need to gonna give up Tristan Thompson instead of just like Kay Felder or whatever. So it makes it it's make it actually does make it harder for the Cavs to make the trade. But I f- but he probably thinks that like you guys aren't doing anything anyway, so I gotta make some I gotta do something to get the wheels to you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, they just went to the thrift shop and picked up Kyle Korver because they got him for nothing. Yeah, they got him for nothing. So like Dan Gilbert is doing stuff, but LeBron doesn't think LeBron LeBron doesn't think anybody is doing enough. LeBron is a very demanding player, <laughs> right? And if you're gonna do, LeBron, the town that LeBron has, like, are you just going to deny him what he wants? Like, he's going to leave. Like, he has done this before. He will leave the team if he doesn't think uh, the management group is doing enough, and he will go to a better situation. And if somebody is willing to accommodate what he wants, then that team will prosper. And that's happened every time he's moved. Maybe he's setting up for his exit. <laughs> if he <laughs> if he wants to exit, man, he's fulfilled his promise. He can leave now. Yeah, like he Go actually the Lakers. Like he can actually leave now. Like last year, he when he doesn't when he didn't win the championship, it was harder for him to leave. It was like, well, what happened to all this promise? You know, SI article. One, what about the commercials? Winning one for the land is like now. He's just like, I did it. So I'm going to like, I don't know. I'm going to the Raptors. Lakers, <laughs> or the Lakers, or I'm going to the Jazz, or I'm going to like the, the Clippers, or I'm going to. How the awesome Rockets. would that be? Goes to like some obscure franchise. Yeah, if you like, oh, it's like oh, Gordon the box. <laughs> yeah, so he's just like, yeah, I did what I said I would do. I'm going to the. the I'm going to go play with John Wall in Washington. That'd be yeah. nasty, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm. I understand LeBron. The only thing that's the only thing that's an issue for me is like. Making that the that uh, issue public, it just makes it harder for the team to make the trade. That's all it does, right? But other than that, I totally understand where he's where he's coming from, and I understand where he's going. <laughs> I think they're gonna sign Mario Chalmers for what it's worth as like a fifteenth guy. Yeah, and he's supposed to. He was coming off like with an ACL injury, and like the Grizzlies have been taking care of him. And I think like they're. I don't know if they're like financially obligated to do that, but they have been doing that. So. He is coming off like a knee injury, so I don't know how much, how impactful he's going to be for that team. Hey, it's, it's a either body him. At this it's, point. it's either him or Lance Stevenson. Oh, that'd be awesome! <laughs> oh man, wouldn't it? But the fights, the fights on the sidelines. I don't the think first I'm... the first game Lance Stevenson goes three for thirteen. LeBron is in his grill. <laughs> <laughs> but because you know those are thirteen bad shots, <laughs> right? LeBron, but LeBron has been able to pretty much any team he's been a part of. If there's been like some sort of troublemaker, he's been able to like calm them down and bring them in. You know, like remember when J.R. Smith jo- joined the Cavs and be like, "Oh man, J.R. Smith, I don't know, he might be able to break." And then LeBron was just like, "Don't worry, man, I wanted J.R. Smith on my team. This guy is awesome, right?" Winning cures all, right? And then J.R. Smith all of a sudden is hitting like nine threes in a row and. <laughs> Like, he's unstoppable from range. So, if they sign Lance Stevenson, I have, you know, I think LeBron, it's been done before. He has turned around uh, head cases before. So, if Lance Stevenson can show the skill, LeBron will show the will, man. 
I see where you're going. I see where you're going here. Okay. Do you like? I can buy into that. <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still not like in full support of LeBron's comments. What's the problem? What's the problem? He's just coming off as an entitled whiner, and he's just got what? Does he get a Teflon shield now because he's got a title? I just, I don't see how that helps the team. Mm. And I know LeBron doesn't give a shit about that because he is the team in his eyes. But still, man, like, how does that help anybody? They've done everything for you. As you've given them everything, you know, the whole one for the land, I understand that. But you don't get a Teflon shield for that. Mm. They've done everything for this guy. If you just want to get, like, a a perspective on how good LeBron is, like how much he actually gives to that team, think of the Cavs before LeBron got to the to the Cavs. Oh yeah, we're gonna go to the dark days when Ricky Davis was trying to get a triple double off his own net. Like that's how. No, far not, not even that. Like, like when he left the first time, what was going Baron on? Baron Wasteland, right? And now, okay, now think of like that Miami team after he left. Like, think of all the people that are not even in the league anymore after he left. Like, Shane Battier retired. Ray Allen is gone. Wade is no longer even part of the team. You can say that about a lot of players, though. A lot of great players in every sport, when they leave, you just you can't replace those guys. That's why they're one of the greats. Right, so, you know, he's worth it. <laughs> he's worth it. I think he's worth it, man. You gotta, you gotta appease him. I think he's worth it, too, but at the same time, how, how's he really helping them? Not so much with the comments, but you gotta bring some other guys in. If he has his pull, you know, shouldn't he be the guy to get Ray Allen out of retirement? Shouldn't he be the guy to help pull guys in? Guys... Players want to play great players. Mm-hmm. You know that's why people are trying to get that free ring on the Warriors. Why aren't they going to the Cavs? Oh, that's true. All right, man. All right, we've gone long enough. We could still go with this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Rondo, Rondo. We'll, get, we'll Rondo. get into that next time. The Instagram post, man. Oh my goodness. Uh, never mind the Instagram post. Is this high go- school? Yo, is this like university or high school, or is this like the NBA? Like, I don't understand how we're beefing over Instagram posts and stuff now. Right. But something I learned too that I uh, I heard through Rosillo when he was talking about this in his podcast was um, the beef between Jimmy Butler and Bulls ownership and management. It goes all the way back to Thibodeau days when they said they were going to bench him and play Snell, Tony Snell, over him, so he couldn't get right. a max deal or he couldn't get a big about, contract. I heard about this rumor too, but then he like had that statement. I think it was today where he said where he didn't say yes and he didn't say no. He was just like, I was just focusing on basketball, man. My agent handles all that nah, stuff. Nah, nah, nah. We know what this <laughs> was, dude. <laughs> That's what he said. That's, That's what he said in this statement. But, like, you know, he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He's just like, yeah, I was just playing basketball. But everybody on the outside is like, yeah, this is to- this actually happened. And this is why uh, Butler is always, like, um, people say he's a diva, but I think he's just upset. I think he has a colossal chip on his shoulder in Chicago. Yeah, and uh, Thibodeau when, left too, and Thibodeau was his biggest supporter. Yeah, so. and then he doesn't really like. There hasn't been any sort of like respect for uh, Hoiberg in the locker room. So I don't think Hoiberg's a bad coach. I just think there's just so much bullshit that he inherited that it's it makes life so difficult. Yeah, isn't he? They're supposed to be playing like a pace and like his play style as a coach is the pace and space. You know, shoot lots. They're of not threes, playing, that and too. they're. <laughs> They look like the Raptors in the fourth quarter. ISO, ISO, ISO. New like, Jack City from three. <laughs> Who shoots threes on that team, man? Like, hey, but- they still try and shoot. Them. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're gonna stop. We got Doug McBuckets. I think they're like, I think they're like last in the ra- in the league in three three point like rate. 
and like less in like percentage like in their making. And so I'm just like they ne- they don't shoot they don't shoot threes and they don't take them. Yeah. One <laughs> final thing with the Bulls too. How many people do you think? Because basically, you know, <laughs> Wade and Jimmy Butler said to the whole team, "We're better than all you guys." Because mm-hmm. everybody else is trash. And Rondo came out and defended basically every other player on the team by saying, like, hold on a second. You know, my leaders would do this. Uh, no matter how childish it is, and I think Rondo's an idiot, how many guys do you think when he walked into the facility the next day were like, yeah, thanks, Rayshon? You know? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, there's probably, <laughs> like, factions within that, uh, within that locker room now where every, you have all the young guys on Rayshon Rondo's, <laughs> Rondo's team and then. It's just like probably uh, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and like Taj Gibson. That's it. Like Bobby Portis liked Rajon Rondo's post, and then Dwayne Dwayne Wade yeah. passed aggressively liked it the next day. Obviously. Oh my goodness, dude! I love it, man. We're we're back in high school, where like people when you, when somebody likes your post, that's a big deal. It's like, yo, why why'd you why'd you like his post, man? I thought we were I thought we were friends. Don't be retweeting that garbage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love the NBA. This is one of my favorite parts of the NBA, man. It's just like the drama. This Same. is why this, this is like the best barbershop talk. Yeah, this is why I miss NBA After Dark. Everybody was coming down on it. Now it's gone, and like all this, all the gossip is just flowing out there when we could have had one place. Oh, huh? I was a big fan of NBA After Dark too. Juliet Littman, come back. <laughs> Should we reach out? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right, man. We'll wrap this up. All right, man. <laughs> it's been. It's actually been pretty long, so. I don't know. Lots of good stuff, though. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Tip of the Tower Raptors podcast. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can follow Damar on Twitter at Damar J. Grant. Guys, enjoy all the gossip. Enjoy all the trade rumors. Please, no more no more dumb stuff, Raptors fans, with you know these 2K-like trades. Let's fire up the trade machine at the very least. Make the salaries match, for God's sakes, before you fire up this stuff. Common sense. That's all. Oh, man. Enjoy the game, guys. If they lose to Orlando, my panic level goes to seven. But if they don't, still five six. All right. Later. All right. Later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.